0: Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Alan Scott. Since you're listening to this podcast, that means you're probably a fan of pop culture. So because of that, I figured it would be fitting to introduce you to my other favorite pop culture podcast, besides this one, because clearly, we're the best. (laughs) It's iHeartMedia's Too Much Information podcast with Jordan Runtag and Alex Heichel. These two make pop culture straight up academic. You're going to love this chat. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back. Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire, knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I love a good deep dive. Like more than listening to music or well, even snacking, frankly. Nothing brings me more pleasure than watching a movie or a TV show I've never seen before and then diving deep into researching it. I read the IMDb trivia section the way others read a love letter. So with that said, it shouldn't come as a surprise that I'm obsessed with iHeartMedia's Too Much Information podcast, hosted by Jordan Rundtag and Alex Heigl. On each episode, they give you a behind-the-scenes details and little-known fascinating facts about your favorite movies and TV shows and music and so much more. And as you'll hear, the three of us could chat for hours, but don't worry, we don't. It's a very succinct chat, but it's a fantastic one, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So you guys' podcast is such a fun idea. It's literally up my alley in every single way, the, the sort of pop culture freak out. It's called Too Much Information, of course. It's like, I, I want to know, where did you guys come up with the idea? Let's start with Alex. Um, Well, I'm like very much not a
2: podcast guy, um, despite the fact that I have now listened to uh, four separate ones on the history of the Halloween franchise. Okay. (laughs) Um, So uh, my whole thing was like uh, not wanting to do a podcast that was just like two guys... making mouth sounds on a close on a a, a close mic for like four unstructured hours. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jordan and I work together at people magazine and we both have done a lot of, I I like to say we're veterans of the content wars. Yeah. Um, because we have both journalists, right? Uh, Jordan's focus was music. I, I did a lot of music. I'm a, I love music. I'm a musician. I work for the San Francisco conservatory of music right now. Um, and, So, yeah, we had both done a lot of music stuff, but I was also a big generalist. Like, I would do a lot of stuff about movies and TV shows, and we both sort of had throughout our careers uh, done like a lot of. I mean, it's a dirty word, but like listicle,
1: yeah, uh, stuff. See, I right. don't think it's a dirty word. Oh, okay. I, okay, I love it because you know what? It's you, you, you're learning and sharing that with others, and yeah. I just think you know the internet is it's such a place for 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 bile and bitterness. <laughs> yeah, I think for something that you know that you're clearly passionate about that gets people excited, you know, sh- well, sharing some,
0: something about a listicle that just. You know, I, I do a lot of I mean, it's Newsweek, of course, so I do a lot of like, I mean, most of my celebrity interviews, but I do a lot of mm-hmm. long form writing and like yeah. a, a lot of transcribing interviews and just sort of just a lot of words coming. in And I'm a writer. <laughs> I like it. I like words. But at the end of the day, sometimes after I finish work, sometimes while I'm working, I'm watching Real Housewives <laughs> and I see a listicle and I get real excited because it is a mental break for me. I love a listicle. I got to admit.
2: I mean, we, I think we both landed on something that wanted to feel, uh, tight and yeah. b- because we do script these out, um, but, uh, and very informative, uh, hence the name, but, um, still, you know, Jordan and I, Jordan was in my band for many years
0: and like, we you guys really were, are in the music. Yeah. And we, you know, he DJed my wedding. So like, wow. there's, there's I, like, a. I have to tell you guys that since we're on music, I have to admit something Please. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, but not to you guys because we've never met before, but on this podcast uh, that friends make fun of me because I don't like music. I mean, it's not that I don't <laughs> like. music. It's just that I don't get me. Mu- I don't. I, to me, the idea of going to a concert is like literally the worst thing in the world. it it the like live music to me. I used to have on my, my Tinder profile, if you have an acoustic guitar, we're not a match. Like, it, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's, fair. that's very me. fair. Don't sing See, to my, me. Don't get My sister is
1: that way. I, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we grew up in the same house. So clearly, I I totally understand that there are people that that's not. And, you know, a lot of the shows, the podcasts that I've worked on before this were strictly music-centric. And that was part mm. of the reason why we wanted to make this sort of more inclusive, was to have something for everybody, you know? I mean, yeah. to take, I call it the, uh, the Ed Sullivan variety show approach, where it's like, okay, if <laughs> (laughs) if you don't like this act wait a day or two maybe there'll be something else you like maybe there'll be this movie maybe it'll be this tv show maybe there'll be this toy this 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 food item you know we're gonna
0: we're really trying to to run the gamut here so i will say like that i will say that is really fun in that like nostalgia is such a thing and pop culture is like doing a deep dive i am a geek and i will stay up late to like do that wikipedia deep dive into like slap bracelets like that's what i like i will do that i'll commit to that i will give up sleep for that reason and i think that too much information podcast is a is a is a perfect sort of example of why i lose sleep at night somehow because you guys also love to do those deep dives into those things. i mean
2: jordan and i uh for some reason have landed on twitter dms as like our preferred <laughs> chatting back and forth we don't use gchat we don't use slack it's just somehow it became twitter and um, like 75% of those are just Wikipedia links being like, yeah. did you know about this? Prepare to lose an hour of your life.
0: Yeah. God bless Wikipedia. Gotta say. God bless. Yeah, there's, a,
2: there's a great account called The Depths of Wikipedia that I, that I really love that would just pull up these incredibly obscure things. Oh, that I'm are... going to look that up on it's Twitter. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Twitter uh, and it's... Instagram. Yeah. And it's um, <laughs> the one they had was recently was Hobby Tunneling. <laughs> just just accounts of different men who got really into
0: digging tunnels in their backyard, and of course it's men. Of course it's yeah, men. right. because yes, only a yeah. dumb. I'm sorry, I don't know you guys' preference, but to me, I'm gonna say it. Only a dumb straight dude would see, would do something. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's the the whole joke that started going around after that went up was the masculine urge to tunnel. Like I, that's. <laughs> it's I mean as as a gay man it is the least that is like literally any activity that involves sweating for me is something that I would not do.
2: <laughs> I mean, you 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 know we the other the, the joke that I keep making with ah uh, with my friends is this is the indoor kids podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're probably not going to get too much sports content from well, us.
0: It's so true, and I love that because I, I I'm I just recently spoke with my friends the Scar Brothers about their podcast Views from the Jeep Seats. It's a baseball podcast, mm-hmm. and it's 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 so <laughs> foreign to me. I don't I, I I can't I can never sit with the cool sports kids. Fortunately, like the Sklar Brothers are kind of like geeky, so they're not necessarily the cool sports kids. But it is. It's hard. It's hard to, like, get in that. And I love that your podcasts so, are, like, a couple episodes that I binged on, I will say. The current episodes are Beauty and the Beast, Full mm-hmm. House, Hook, the deep dive into Hook, the drama with Julia Roberts and Hook, <laughs> the animosity between Steven Spielberg and Julia Roberts, which they've since made up. I will have yeah. you. Know. Like, that, the Royal Tenenbaums episode. Like, so many of these pop culture gems that I get off on, you guys have covered. And I wonder, how do you, like, How do you pick your topics? Jordan? I think it's a
1: mix of we kind of have this master document of all anniversaries for the calendar year. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is just like, you know what I just saw recently that I totally forgot about? Like, oh, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, let, let's do something on that. All that. Oh, man. You know what I just saw recently? Air
0: Force One. I haven't seen that since the oh 90s. Oh, my God. Air, so like, Air Force One. That's it. coming up. The CGI. OK, well, then let's talk about Air Force <laughs> One for a second to give people a little preview. So Air Force, because <laughs> this might be up by the time you guys do the Air Force One episode. Air Force One was so good. It had the Johnson and Johnson heiress daughter. She only did like two. Yes, films, really, yeah. She did like two friggin' movies that she was like huge in Air Force One and and a, a little, little princess princess. And, yeah, was like. Of course she only did those two movies. And then I think she like sued her family or something. There's drama. For, she sure did. For, for billions, I think. yeah. yeah. It was, because, yeah. I mean, of course, if yeah. you're a Johnson and Johnson. Is it Johnson and Johnson? Am I right that?
1: Oh, this is going to. Oh, this is well, going to bother me. It's
0: one of those big companies that's the, old that people. They
1: owned like Braniff Air and yeah, like McCall's magazine. Stuff, yeah, <laughs> they own. When you own an airline, you. He's okay, air, different. Just say that. Yes.
0: An air. <laughs> and and Air Force One was so good. I can't tell you. I don't even know how it works into my daily life, but I do tell people get off my plane. Rampant. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you? And then the CGI at the end—spoiler alert—for anyone who hasn't seen it, but also 1997 catch up—is um, when the, the when the guy's going down into the water. And, like, you see him on the door, and he's like... In the door. Ah! But it's the worst <laughs> yeah. CGI, probably, for... And this was, like, post-Jurassic Park, and that is horrible CGI. Well, Jordan, I mean, this was
2: this was a... Uh, you know, we do, we do this a lot. I didn't know this. Uh, there's a ton of practical stuff in that movie. They were actually whipping real planes around, uh, like, a runway to try oh. and do this. And at one point... Um, the uh they had a mock-up of air force one that was riddled with like bullet holes and there were uh some fighter jets doing a a flyover and they thought it was the real air force one and like with bullet holes they were like air
1: force one is in trouble and and they eventually figured out it was a movie (laughs) but yeah um there's a lot of that scene at the end they had the mock-up of air force one and they had whatever the military helicopter was flying alongside it and then a third plane that was a camera plane and they actually had a string in between it's not a string a bungee cord between the two planes and they had a a mannequin dressed like Harrison Ford (laughs) that they shot through you know to slide through and then as soon as they
0: mannequin in my bedroom well, well even sense, more. They
1: sent him out, and as soon as they sent it out, the the suit just because of the force of the wind ripped yeah. the suit off, and they were like, "Oh, we we can't." Wow. He, he's significantly less presidential as a naked mannequin flying through the air. <laughs> I so, desperately, I desperately want the dailies of that, like, of yeah. them of them shooting
2: yes. it, and they they run this mannequin out on a line, and the clothes are just all ripped off, and there's a naked I mean, Harrison Ford ma- mannequin just waving in the slipstream.
0: <laughs> naked Harrison Ford mannequin is. Probably, I, I. It's you know probably why Anne Hayes agreed to do that forty nights maybe with Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? We with actually, the, with the just like flat project.
2: <laughs> we actually came away with a, a, a deep appreciation of Harrison Ford because um yes. you know, Jordan as Jordan put the point. It, he you know was like a normal dude until yeah. his it's like 30s, a carpenter so he was not. He was like a working <laughs> still. Really he got Star so, Wars or something or TV yeah, exactly. Or something. Um, yeah. And and he was so um, actually I think his first film was in the, it was the graffiti con- right? It was American, American graffiti. graffiti. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so he's like the most relatively down to earth guy. I yeah. mean, we do a whole thing. And now about he's his... crashing planes left and well, right then... field. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to but give away the it. entire But he shot. owns it. But he yeah. owns it, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> a, there's like a, there's like a transcription of, or audio recording of him with a flight controller being like, I'm the doofus on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> Just the shame in his voice. Yeah. So, we, so we really like Harrison Ford. We really Tom
1: Hanks keeps coming up. We want to do like a <laughs> oh. like a real um, six degrees of Hanks. Yeah. Well, like I, I mean, I, Dead I, Eyes kind of owns the Hanks market in the podcast. Realm, well, well before we to Hanks,
0: I will say I am interviewing Tom Hanks very soon. So I want to get, ah. I want to get questions from you guys. But also mm-hmm. one thing about, about Air Force One that I have to mention that I think is very relevant to topical news is when I believe, that when Nancy Pelosi ripped up the State of the Union speech at at Trump's State of the Union a couple of years ago, I believe she had recently watched Air Force One and saw Glenn Close, who played the president, rip up that sort of like taking over the presidency note or whatever yeah. it was, which is totally unconstitutional. Someone from the Supreme Court had to be in that room to do that. I'm sorry. But she ripped it up, and I think Nancy Pelosi got that from Glenn Close. I'm just saying. I hope. <laughs> Like, I dearly hope that's what happened. Oh, my God. Well, so, okay, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is, I think, a perfect rabbit hole for you all to go down because he has literally, he is connected to every single person in every film for the past 40 years. I mean, one of the things that we really learned for this is,
2: like, one of my favorite bits is doing the alternate casting um which has become such a thing around every film like you know the famous one is um Keanu in The Matrix they had like Leo DiCaprio in Never there saw they the had Oh, okay.
1: Well, they wanted Keanu to be the president in Air Force One, which is weird because he wasn't old enough to be the president. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been awful.
2: So Uh we love doing this alternate casting thing. And it turns out that like everyone in their every film had was, they wanted Tom Hanks for it. (laughs) He's like the first, he's like the first call guy for every movie. Doesn't matter. They're just like, get me Hanks. And then it doesn't happen. And then they run down. I mean, you would think
0: for some films, I'm thinking like Schindler's List. Tom Hanks, (laughs) probably not appropriate. You know what I mean? You say that, but. Probably was on the
2: list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was. Um, so we, yeah. yeah, we started doing degrees of Hanks. <laughs> we started actually running a running tally of like, uh, however he was connected to whatever
0: we were talking yeah. about. Tom Hanks is, I mean, that's, if you had to choose a Tom Hanks deep dive, pop culture deep dive, what, for me, I feel Ooh. like it would have to be, and this Turner is and a little deep. No, not Turner and Hood, although I do appreciate <laughs> you saying that. That thing um, you do. I that no not even that even though that okay was his first directing one and I appreciate that as well I think it would be the Philadelphia speech at the Oscar uh, oh it's probably the only Oscar speech that's then been a film has been made in and a out has been made about, I just watched, watched that. that speech yeah. yeah which is like wild to me that there's that kind of connection between films that then became uh, a, that's a great movie film. yeah
1: I went on a Kevin Klein deep dive the other day after watching The Big Chill for the first time. And then I rewatched uh, In-N-Out, which is, yeah.
0: I forgot how good In-N-Out was. Well, see, the domino effect for that, for you guys, and this is just me producing your podcast now. But please, um, <laughs> you could, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You could start with Tom Hanks in Philadelphia and then be like, oh my God, amazing Oscar speech, etc. Big, huge, I mean, some of, there's some interviews that he gave for Philadelphia that are just so like heart wrenching because like mm-hmm. he talks about like, you know, the men in the scene of him in the hospital and they all were real AIDS patients yeah. and they were all dead by the time the film came out, which is like insane to think about. But then you go to in and out and you do a whole like Kevin Kline thing. But then from there, you're like Joan Cusack, <laughs> who is a perfect also deep dive for y'all because she has name another actress that has strictly been nominated for absurd comedy com- comedic roles for Oscars. I don't Ooh. think you can find anybody other than Joan Cusack. That's a good point. Jordan, we should just do the Cusacks
2: in general. The Cusacks. We, were talking about, we were talking about John earlier. Uh, I forget how. How did he come up?
1: Was it the Brian Wilson? Was it Love and Mercy? F- Might have yeah, been. how did he come up? Jordan is home?
2: a Jordan is a huge Beach Boys guy. So, oh yeah, um, I can see that? Uh, Beach Boys, yeah. Beach Boys, yeah, yeah,
0: this is real. I'm wearing <laughs> can candy shirt. shirt as we speak. <laughs> yeah. and then it can become a true crime episode with Charles Manson. I you,
2: again. Oh well, you're hitting all of you're like unconsciously hitting all of Jordan's points. I you know I love uh, I love Jordan's obsessions because it's like simultaneously like mid century American uh, cute <laughs> culture yeah. and then like. Weird conspiracy theories and and true crime, but you know, the overlap in that is is I mean, that's where
1: you get the the Beach Boys Manson thing. is the perfect overlap. It's like, wait, the most squeaky clean, fun in the sun burger joint, like you know, thing, and then it's like, oh my god, Charles Manson was living with the drummer Dennis Wilson. I mean, yeah,
0: it's insane, insane to me. That's wild. Uh, Well, I need I need to know. So, like, nostalgia is such a big part of pop culture now. You know what I mean? It's people. It's just we want, I mean, even me, like like another podcast that I did years ago that I still do now is the Golden Girls podcast. And like when I started it, I also similar to what you were saying, I, I wanted it to be very structured. I wanted to be the first to do it. I wanted to like have sort of that mentality in it. And and it sort of fed that nostalgic need for that sort of like eighties, nineties love of in our, in my case, the Golden Girls. And what I think what you guys are doing is sort of also discussing that sort of that need for nostalgia. And I wonder like, Do you think past generations, I'm thinking people in like the 70s, were they particularly, Mm. maybe with the exception of like American Mm. graffiti, like we talked about, were they particularly nostalgic for another area in the way that we kind of obsessively are, you know? I mean, I think the internet has
2: really... um... Uh, Hastened it in the telescoping way of, of it accelerates culture cycles. Yeah. You know, like you. I mean, you used to have to wait for a book to come out about something, um, yeah. or or a, a weekly. Special on the news, and now you know you have like a legion of twenty somethings churning out listicles seventy five times a day for BuzzFeed. So it's yeah, it's it's more Instagram
1: just, accounts that are just styles yeah. from the nineties so or old it's, toys. It's, or I think it's not just
2: the the volume, but and the access, but the turnaround time um, has
0: has become so uh, quick hit. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see sort of the industry that has been built on just sort of yeah. what you guys are doing basically, these sort of like pop culture obsessions and, and how you look at like the Royal Tinnebombs, for example, even that's having a resurgence with sort of the fashion from it and sort of Gwyneth Paltrow. And like, I, even just the other day, I saw a YouTube video of her 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 look being made into different runway looks today, <laughs> modern day. That coat was Fendi. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is insane to think about that like we just keep kind of reproducing things in a lot of ways, yeah. don't you think?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and it's interesting to me, too. The, the Royal Tenenbaums is especially interesting to me because you want to talk about someone who's fixated on very specific parts of the past. I don't think yeah. you're going to find another filmmaker quite like Wes Anderson. I mean, it, it's almost to the detriment of some of the recent stuff to my educated film film Twitter guy, <laughs> which I am not, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, he's, you know, you find someone else who's like, I have a list of 37 specific mid-century cultural references I'm
0: going to recreate my films, yeah. I um, and it's great. I I am a sucker for it. You know? Totally, totally. I mean, what kind of one thing I learned from doing the Golden Girls podcast is if you get something wrong or if you say something huh. that maybe pisses off a fan base, like a <laughs> thing, they will come at you in a way that it feels like your world is ending. They're I held... what, what have you guys experienced that with some of the things you've covered? Uh, I
2: I really do research some so I'd try to make sure Ain't no mistakes if, on your end <laughs> well I try to make sure like you know particularly if you see a quote I try and track down the original I try and get stuff from primary sources so I try and be as airtight as possible I think where I will probably get in trouble is when Jordan spits something at me and is like what do you think about that and I give like a knee-jerk reaction that's like oh, that's oh,
0: dumb
1: I don't like that Jordan's <laughs> lighting
0: the fires I like that Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Jordan what what like how do you respond to sort of fan reactions sometimes
1: it's been too early to tell, actually, I think we are both such insane researchers, and just have been because that was just such a huge part of, of what we did for yeah. so long at just at our day jobs that I think if one of us misses something, the other one of us will catch it. Mm. I'm sure it's coming, and I live in constant fear <laughs> and i I listen to I'm the one who edits the episodes afterwards, and I, yeah. I anything that might be potentially iffy or isn't verifiable, I usually cut it out. Um, So that's, yeah. So thankfully that hasn't happened yet, but on some things I've done in the past, I mean, that's the thing too, is that we know how much this stuff means to people. And like, we never want to come at it from a place of, you know, certainly not disparaging. And you know, I think every one of us has that little nerd inside of us. I mean, so let me put it this way. I grew up in a small town and I spent elementary school recesses sitting under a tree reading coffee table books about the titanic and yes. listening to cuz listening yes. to cassette tapes of like duop groups and stuff yes. right. And if, you, and, and if you grew up doing that, you find you have to do a lot of explaining for yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that was kind of sort of sowed the seeds of me trying to be like, no, this is what I'm into, and this is why it's cool, and this yeah. is why I think you might like it too. And so that was kind of the place that I always approached this from, and I yeah. was lucky enough just in my job uh, to, to be able to, to write these things of like, oh, yeah, you know, you know that movie that we all kind of like? Like, it's really interesting because of this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all kind of are a little ashamed about that, that you know, our inner nerd. And we. We try to mm-hmm. keep it inside. And then when Heigl and I became friends, honestly, I mean the, the this podcast really started in our Slack and Twitter DMs, yeah. just sending each other goofy stuff, and all of a sudden yeah. it was like, "Oh my god, I'm not I'm not alone. Like this guy knows my weird references. This guy knows my stuff." Like and and suddenly I was like, "Well, wait a minute. If I, it feels so good to connect with somebody on these like crazy things that I thought were my own personal obsessions, there's yeah. probably lots of other people out there too." So we 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 want to kind of give a <laughs> I mean, not to completely over-intellectualize or you know, it's give the it podcast inflated form, please. Overintellectualize. <laughs> I mean, but just we, we want to give people, and again, this is a, such a bloated thing to say, but just allow people to just embrace their nerddom and know that yeah. it's like a safe space for it. Because no matter how ner- how much you how late you stayed up looking into you know the genesis of
0: Baby Got Back or something, we've probably spent
1: ten times more time
0: yeah. <laughs> on that. It really so don't uh, worry. I mean, well, first off, I can completely relate to you childhood because I distinctly remember uh, my one friend and I stress one friend calling, um, calling me to go do something. And I had to tell them, no, I can't go tonight because I have to watch seal award on sisters. So I, I can completely relate to maybe having to explain yourself as a child, um, but it does. That is the thing that I have found about sort of all of my golden girls podcasting and work and everything that's come from that, 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 there is there is it does create kind of a bit of a community of yeah quote unquote outcasts that you know connected to whatever thing for whatever reason and it's so special to them that then when the internet gave us these niche communities to sort of freak out on and to obsess over and to be a part of it kind of gave people a place to exist and have positive mm. affirmations about themselves as always yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, that's
2: the part of it that you can focus on, uh, the part of the internet that you can focus on that will um, not make you insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing some of the music ones, I've like wound up on um, uh, the Steve Hoffman forums, which is like a big like audio recording and, and music uh, forum thing. And those like, you know, message boards and Twitter can so quickly devolve into bile um, that it's, yeah. it's better and more sound for mental health to focus on people
0: getting excited about stuff for sure. For sure. I, I want to know what kind of, I mean, it's sort of a, maybe a last question. What, what, what's topic that's sort of, I mean, I guess cause so many your topics are kind of out of left field. Like I feel like full house is sort <laughs> of a random one. That's like, let's, let's obsessive over full house. But do you have a topic that is crazy out of left field that is so random and <laughs> maybe really, really niche <laughs> that, that both of you are, Kind of very eager to do well both of us i don't know Or we- all <laughs> all right let's go one at a time yeah.
2: well we we, we have eraser head this weekend um and i am not like a lynch person capital lp but i find him <laughs> fascinating and and so i made jordan watch it and he just texted me what is this shit?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. so i that that's i don't mean I, to throw you, you under more the bu- than that. i don't mean to
2: throw you under the bus but it's it's just funny like you know i joke about jordan and his mid-century pop culture obsession but if there was something that was diametrically opposed to that it would be david lynch's eraser
0: head so
1: that's the I one mean, i just name checked that thing you do is my favorite tom hanks movie yeah. so i mean that should give you some Oh,
0: that's your indie. favorite not even apollo 13 Oh,
1: I mean, well, I mean, Tom Hanks total mastery over the middle 20th century is
0: is like really from. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if there's a period set his career shift, I mean, we'd never see that in an actor of his caliber where he was a movie star known for his personality and then he figured out a way to use his personality that we all know and love to then do other work. That's really deep and dramatic kind of. wild. Are you excited for Elvis? Oh, I am. That's what I'm interviewing him about. Oh, cool. I'm I'm obsessed. Yes, I'm very. I'm also excited about Pinocchio, and I think I might be the only one. But <laughs> I we have
1: uh, an episode on Graceland coming out soon. Oh, no. in honor of in honor of. Uh, have you guys
0: been to Graceland?
2: Oh yeah, I okay. haven't. I I, I, I wanted to do a, well. This is like a personal source of annoyance for me well, that because I was on the when I was on the East Coast, I'm in uh, the Bay Area now. But I never made it down to Memphis, and I wanted to do like a tour of musically significant cities in in um, in America. And I had done Detroit, New Orleans, and um, Nashville, yeah. but I never made I it down know. to Memphis. I I have I have carpet from Graceland. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Are my right? gosh.
1: Eight. Oh, <laughs> I collect I collect weird ephemera i have a piece of deck wood from the titanic i have a piece oh, of foil wow. from the real apollo 11 but i've got a piece of carpet from the pool room at uh, at graceland that i've got a I,
2: love you so
1: much jordan's collection i love that stuff jordan's
2: collection is wild we should have just I, focused on that for this whole time
0: I, it's <laughs> I mean, nuts
2: that's a bonus episode yeah. for i, a, I once TMI.
0: stole a i ripped off i was went to james dean's like childhood house thing and like indiana wherever it is when i was a kid little kid oh. and i ripped off like the one of the bedspread things had like the little stringy things hanging off you know like like a decorative stringy thing yeah out? and yeah. i literally ripped one off just so i could <laughs> do you have it and framed no it's just in a little bag here but you know <laughs> i'm not fr- i don't I, I move into apartments i i think i'm gonna frame things and i i never ever sure. ever do which is a problem but graceland I, we would, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri originally, mm-hmm. and we would always drive down to the South for vacations or for what, I, like Orlando or Alabama, which, you know, vacations in Alabama, we do. <laughs> um, but, but. Roll, uh, roll time. We, Yes, totally. <laughs> um, so, but I we would, we would always stop in Graceland on the way down. Always. Every single time Graceland was our, was the main stop. It is a wild place to visit. I mean, I, I I and then when you're so Jordan when you visit Graceland and they take you on that tour and you pass the stairwell which you know the bathroom that he died <laughs> in was up there and they don't even they don't and they make, don't let like, you up they don't let you up they don't even mention it really I mean they mentioned no. that in the bathroom but they don't they don't mention oh you're passing the stairwell that can kind of you can kind of see the bathroom and you think of Elvis with his pants down dead
1: <laughs> I I have a this is a a one of my many obsessions is the fact that they apparently have kept it exactly as it was the day he died all the way down to like styrofoam cups that he just set down on a counter. Like it's, it's exactly as it was. And they let no one up there visiting dignitaries from, from, you know, all over the world have come. Don't let them up there. I, it it is completely, I think it's strictly just Lisa Marie and Priscilla. um, And I am, endlessly fascinated by that to the point where i'm like oh maybe he just wanted to take a break for the rest of his life and he's up there watching monty python vhs's and (laughs) that's just like (laughs) his oh i'm no i'm so fast i mean grace it's so interesting because it it's It's a big house, but it's 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 such the human scale of it is so interesting because it feels like you're at your like rich aunt's place and not like, oh, my God, one of the, you know, pinnacle, one of the pillars of 20th century Americana lived here.
0: No, it's just like it's it's a dude's house. I I live in here in L.A. and I you drive by houses that are 10 times bigger than and these are just regular houses that I drive by on Los Feliz Boulevard. And yet it's like. And they're bigger than Graceland. And it's called Graceland. I mean, you'd think it would be would be grand, but it really, it really isn't. I mean, this the it is it is just such a trip that we and I'm I'm waiting for them to do it to Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. I'm waiting for yeah. mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that kind of Dolly Partons, of course, Dollywood will be a moment hmm. where I mean again, we will have these figures that their homes will become has Princess even become something? I think it probably will. I that's a good
1: I question. It's like in the process of yeah. I think I think people are like recording there now maybe. Yeah, they're like using his studio shows there. I
2: think that's like one yeah. of the messier estate battles right now yes. though cuz yeah. he had so much unreleased stuff and was so famously in control of all of his music and so I think that's going to get tied up for a while. Yeah. I would love to have a uh, an LA uh, pitch from you, though, if you oh, if you have, because I, you know, Jordan and I are, I, this is my, I, I've never lived on the West Coast before. Jo- you know, I was an East Coast guy my whole life. Jordan lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. So what's what's your granular niche L.A. thing?
0: Well, I lived in New York for a long time, and I've lived here in L.A. for about 10 years now. And I, so a long time as well, I guess. And one of the things that I that I think would be very timely for you guys to go down is the our obsession with Angeline. And how Angeline, do you know of Angeline? No, blank stares from both of us. I thought you were talking oh, okay. about Angelina Jolie for a second. I was like, oh. No. <laughs> Angeline is, there's a new Peacock series coming out. I interviewed Emmy Rossum about it. And she plays Angeline. And she is a, Angeline is a pop culture sort of uh, obsession for Los Angeles. She had billboards in the 80s. It was sort of like hard rock billboards where it was just her. And rich people would just pay her pay them to have the billboards up and she'd be promoting herself and she would drive around Los Angeles in a pink Corvette okay and it is a every single person who's lived in LA in the last 30 years has a story or a sighting of Angeline she, and we stop what we do to watch the pink Corvette drive by she, it becomes its own parade she finished 18th in the uh California attempt to recall oh, yes. Gavin Newsom very big she's very big <laughs> that She's is very so big. wild and the and the the peacock series I've watched uh the first few episodes it's good and it's it will give you a lot of background information on who this is and why you should probably do a deep dive. I into love it. Angeline because it is such a wild it's it's only in l a would we obsess <laughs> over someone who has no discernible talent <laughs> and and yet they become the ambassador for Los Angeles just by their mere persona I love that. I mean, I'm writing. I'm making a note oh, right now. Absolutely, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will, and I'll listen to you guys. The the interview with 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 Emmy when it comes out. It'll be out next two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Well, when you guys oh, when people listening to this, it'll probably already be out. So go go listen to it. It's great. guys. <laughs> but you guys, this was so much fun. I love the podcast. It's as I think we're going to be when you guys do an episode on the Golden Girls, um, please text me because absolutely. I will give you all kinds of information. Uh, I just went to the Golden Girls con. So I know. A oh, lot yeah. Of you, so I, love I love that. Um, but yeah so where can people follow you guys on the internet
2: well the iHeart uh, podcast network or the iHeart app is where you're going to find the podcast along with Apple and Spotify um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Alex underscore Heigl H-E-I-G-L I tweet mostly about uh, niche jazz <laughs> things and, uh, <laughs> and jokes <laughs> from weird stand up comics that I have so it will be a boring follow but you can find me I have a Diana crawl story to tell you when we get on recording Oh,
0: she got very angry with
2: me. Oh,
0: oh no, <laughs> in a good way. It's a way that I love. It's okay. okay, she I deserve Aww. to be yelled at,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. Where can people follow you? I, I'm on Twitter too, just my name, uh, Jordan Runtaugh, uh, R U N T A G H. And I I tweet, um, mostly bizarre, kind of the stuff you see on TMI, uh, bizarre, um, film, TV, music factoids, really. So if you like the show. If you like the show, you probably don't even really need to follow me because it all winds up in the show <laughs> yeah, anyway. So <laughs>
0: it's all good. Well I it's hope you still will. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course, oh, thank you such for a having pleasure. Us. Thank you for having us. Of course. God, I cannot stop thinking about Air Force One. It's just so good. Let me know what you thought about today's episode and if you're as big of a fan of Air Force One as I am, you can find me at H Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you like what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and share it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.